tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey guys, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are hot off the Roni reunion finale. And we didn't hear from someone at the reunion. And here she is. (laughs) I mean, this is now your third time here, Elise Lane. Yes, but now this is a reunion of one. My rebuttal. (laughs) This is like, you know, this is your rebuttal. It is. Yes, it is. So before we get into your absence at the reunion, what you thought of the reunion, what you thought of the whole season, what you actually have to say because no one has heard from you, welcome back and what are you up to? Tell the people. What am I up to? I am still in Southampton, but I'm heading back to the city. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about that because I haven't been in the city for basically four months except for one day. Um, and I'm still trading my Ethereum like 15 hours a day, toggling over to social media. I answer some people on social media. I go back, I do a trade. It's life as usual. Life as usual. Well, that's good. I'm glad you're coming back to the city. I'm glad that you are busy with your crypto trading. I still don't understand it, even though you've tried to explain it to me many times. I, that is my mission, is to teach it to you. I am, I am so ready. Um, well, let's just re- start at the beginning and refresh everyone's memory. Because, I mean, really, so you came on to The Real Housewives of New York through Ramona. Right. So let's just talk about that. Let's take it back to the beginning. Like you, prior to this show, were real life friends with Ramona Singer. (laughs) The singer stinger. Um, I was. I was real life friends with Ramona. And um, although I have to immediately call BS on what she said at the reunion last night, saying that I said to her, oh, these women don't have your back, bring me on and I'll have your back. That is a big lie. I never ever asked her to be on the show, not even once. Um, I never watched the show other than the first season back with Jill and Bethany. I never watched. So I had no idea whether or not these women had her back or not. All I knew was what she would say to me and she really couldn't stand any of them didn't trust any of them. And she said, you know, 
if you come on, have my back. And I said, okay, which I did. What she didn't explain to me is the rules are you have my back, but I won't have yours. That I, is really the distinction, right? That is the distinction. Yes. So you weren't, you know, saying to Ramona throughout, you know, 11 seasons, like, hey, I want to be on TV. Get me on the show. Get me on the show. Never. Never. No. Um, and in fact, the first episode that I was on with her was an accident. That wasn't intentional. I, she was filming at T-Bar with uh, Maria and Missy. I was meeting them after they were done filming. That was the plan. And in fact, she had sent me a text message saying, you know, we're running late, you know, don't come, you know, for another half hour. So it was fine. And then I showed up in another half hour and they were still filming. So I went and I sat with the producers. I never tried to get into the filming. And that's when, you know, I was watching what the producers were watching and I said something kind of funny. And so they put a mic on me and sent me in. That's how it all got started. I never asked to be on the show. So you were literally sitting with the producers at T-Bar watching it and made some comment and they're like, wait a second, that sounds interesting. Here's your mic. Yeah, it was as simple as that. Yep. Wow. And so when you entered the scene, what did Ramona say? Was she like, I mean, she must have, was she like, what are you doing here? No, 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 she was fine with it. And in fact, that's when the scene basically took off, right? Um, it was her crying to me and, you know, I need a man to hold me, you know, it was that whole thing. I mean... Which was a shocking scene to see. I mean, I've never seen Ramona cry. She was sitting there crying. Well, you still didn't really see Ramona cry because she had said to me, you know, initially I was um, standing, it was Ramona, Maria, and me. And then she moved me closer to her and said, I'm going to cry, come closer. So she wasn't really crying. So she planned to cry. Yes, she, she always fake cries, right? I mean, even when you see her crying at the reunion to Dorinda or in Mexico, I love you, I love you. Like, do you think any of that is real? Miss Singer wants an Academy Award, I, I, I take it? Uh, I guess so. I mean, how long did you know Ramona? I mean, did you know her like way back even before the show started? You know, we went full circle, actually, because I've known Ramona for many, many years. Our daughters were best friends when they were little girls, and she and I did not like one another. Um, and we tolerated each other. And then when she was getting divorced from Mario, I saw a more vulnerable, um, softer side of Ramona. And that's when we became friends. And your daughters went to school together? That's how you knew each other? They went to school together, but they were, you know, they were in the same ballet class together. I think they were five years old. So it was really when she was divorcing Mario, that's when you saw a softer side of her. Right. And that's when you kind of became friends. That's when we became friends. And then we went on to become very good friends, so I thought. Um, and now we're right back to... We don't like each other. So I guess our first instincts about one another were correct. 
And, you know, so if you look back over the years of the 12 seasons, like we see you in the background at many of these events. So you were on, I mean, you know, you travel in the same circles, like you were at a lot of these events. Right. No, we're, we're in the same friend group. We have been for a long time. I really got into this friend group after 9-11 because a lot of um, my friends died in 9-11 and one of the women in this group invited me to um with my family to go to aspen because we didn't have any plans everybody that we always spent the holidays with had passed away so that's really how i got into this group and ramona was a part of the group she was a part of the group so when she says that i mean because there is this thing where she keeps saying that she introduced you to all these women She's a liar. She did not introduce me to any of those women. She introduced me to two women who I became friendly with. Um, and the reason that happened is because she would keep bringing them over my house, right? So Ramona would literally show up at my house, no you know, phone call, no announcement that she's coming, no knock on the door. She knew the gate code and she would just walk into the house and even in my apartment in the city the doorman didn't even call me to tell me she was on the way up Ramona was just on her way up um so but in the Hamptons she when I had a party or something she would show up with a little entourage and there were a couple of women she repeatedly brought around one of the women Maria who you see on the show um eventually started reaching out to me for dating advice because when she was here with Ramona, we had gotten to some conversations about dating. And so she wanted some dating advice. So that's how I became friendly with Maria. And this other girl, um, Reinhold and I ran into this woman and her husband in the city a couple of times and Ramona had brought them over my house a few times. So we eventually became friends and I'd say the first five times that Reinhold and I went out with this other couple, we invited Ramona every time and treated her to dinner every time. So her thing with the friend jumping, friend jumping is like, it's so prosaic, right? I mean, she met Maria literally six months before I met her through her friend, Sheila. And the couple that Reinhold and I became friends with, she met a year earlier through Sharon Deasy. Um, and she, you know, I've heard other women complain about Ramona, that they introduce her to friends and Ramona gloms on to them. Her good friend, Nicole and Zach, they didn't talk for a couple of years. Ramona became like good friends with Nicole's college roommate or something. And then Nicole was furious about it and ended the friendship. I mean, it's just, it's like high school stuff and it's ridiculous, but no, she, and I knew Dorinda for, I don't know, 15 years. I knew Sonia. And although Luann has no recollection of meeting me, I don't know, about 15 or 20 times, I knew her. <laughs> I mean, because that's the thing. Luann has implied or said, you know, like, who is Elise and has acted like she doesn't know you. She didn't know you. Uh, which is amazing to me because Luann, have, Luann and I have had conversations. We've been at the same parties. We were at a party years ago at Roger Waters' house where I was walking around the house looking for the hostess and I hear scratching on a door coming from a bedroom. And so I, 
I thought a dog was locked in the closet or something. So I walked in and I opened the closet door and it was Luann on the floor, unable to find the doorknob. So, all right, I guess it makes sense. She doesn't remember that I was one that let her out of the closet. You know, I was at a wedding with her where she tried to grab the microphone from the singer at the wedding and he pulled it back and she went flying and she toppled over the drum set. Makes sense she wouldn't remember me then. I don't know. I mean, there are so many instances where I was there. <laughs> Why was Luann in a closet? Well, I won't even go into that. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, well, if you're not going to go into that, I will not go into that either. <laughs> and, you, and you knew Sonia as well? Yeah, yeah. You know, and look, Dorinda said in an interview, um, Ramona did not bring us Elise. You know, all of us knew Elise. And, I mean, to this, what you're saying, I mean, it doesn't even sound like she necessarily brought you on the show. It sounds no. like... No. She, no, it was not her intention to bring me on the show. She definitely liked the dynamic after the first night. Um, and she had made a comment that she felt safe with me. And she had every reason to feel safe with me because... I did have her back on the show. And I mean, look, you can only put so much into a 40 minute episode, but there were so many situations where the women were really, you know, talking badly about her. And I constantly had her back, which is why Dorinda said I had Stockholm syndrome. I always had Ramona's back. And then there was a triggering event that was not on camera that made me go, whoa, like, who is this person, you know? And after that triggering event, that's when I was willing to, you know, film with Sonia and express to Sonia that I was upset and confused by Ramona's behavior. But still think about how benign what I said really was, right? You know, I said to Sonia, you know, Ramona's a one-way street, right? Or I confronted Ramona at Halloween and said, you know, do you consider me a good friend? Really? That was enough to make me, you know, the Black Widow, as she referred to me on the reunion. And by the way, Black Widow is the nicest thing she's ever said about anyone on the show. So I'm not too hurt by it. All right, wait, slow it. There's so much to unpack in this one <laughs> sentence. So before we get to Black Widow being the nicest thing Ramona's ever said about anyone on the show, let's go back to this quote unquote triggering event. So, right, so we see you say to Sonia that Ramona Villa is a one-way street, and that really is like the first basically semi-negative thing we heard you say about Ramona. Right. right we, so we didn't see anything else on camera. So I think that's why everyone in the general public is confused at the timeline of events. So like, what is this triggering event? Like, what happened? Right, so camera. first of all, if you see, right, in earlier episodes, and, you know, I know social media used to say, oh, she's boring, she brings nothing. So Ramona would have me on, and it was very clear, like, you know, have her back. But the problem was, I didn't have backstories on anything, nor did Ramona ever talk to me about things, right? I knew, like, a no-go zone was her, her sex life. You know, like that was an no go zone. So, okay, I respected that. And you didn't see scenes where the other girls brought it up and I absolutely would shut it down. 
Um, but you know, the scene where she did um, cocktails and conversation, and she and Dorinda and Sonia were, were fighting over what happened at the spa. I wasn't at the Roman bath. I had no idea what was happening. So how was I supposed to jump in and defend her when I was oblivious to what was going on, right? So I was always in a weird situation. I sort of was, I'm getting invited to certain group events. I have no backstory on any of it. There's no backstory on me. And I'm careful that I don't want to, you know, attack Ramona. So when I think Ramona is in the wrong, I'm relatively quiet. Right, I had her back in Newport with Leah and I really felt badly about it. And what they didn't show is at that dinner where Leah was like, you know, rolling around on the ground and stuff, that I was the one that walked over to Ramona and whispered to her, you gotta let the sister come. Like you can't, you can't play with this girl. I mean, she's, she's, you know, freaking out. Just calm her down. I said, instead of, Instead of toying with her, why don't you be more maternal to her, right? So all of a sudden, Ramona, you know, her new theme was, oh, I'm like a mother to Leah. Well, where do you think that advice came from? You. Me. Okay, so the, the more you talk, the more questions I have. So this whole comment that you just made about her sex life being off topics, what? Like Ramona said, by the way, Elise, when we film, don't ever mention the following things, one of it being her sex life? When, um, when I playfully looked for condoms in her drawer, she had told me afterwards that she didn't want her sex life discussed, and then I respected it. But that was, you know, when I had said to her, like, what are no-go zones? You know, tell me, like, no-go zones, and she kept saying to me, things are organic, things are organic. So I had zero guidance from anyone. You're thrown into a reality show, I'm only there as like this friend and I never know when I'm being, when I'm going to be invited back um, for a next episode. I, I mean, it was a really awkward situation. If you think it was awkward for viewers, imagine how it was for me, right? No one ever asked me, you know, Hey, how are you? What's, what's going on in your life? So the other women didn't make you feel welcome. The other women were all about themselves. And, you know, because I was not um, a housewife, right, they focused their fights on, you know, whatever, you know, look, they all want the, uh, the camera time and the scenes. So the triggering event with me and Ramona, okay, like when you saw me finally express to Sonia, you know, that she's a one-way street, it was the night of the haunted house. And I had made it very clear when Ramona had asked me to film again with her, because initially I filmed the one time and I wasn't coming back. And they kept reaching out to me saying, you know, come back, you know, everyone really likes you on the show. I have text messages to prove that. Okay, so just one second. So after that first scene, which they might do and put you in where Ramona, according to you, fake cried, that the next step producers reached out to you or Ramona? Both. And you Both. have texts where they were saying you have to be a part of this. Yeah, yeah. So my feeling was, look, uh, you know, I, I'm not a housewife. I'm not signing up to be a housewife. 
So if I'm coming on as a friend, yeah, this could be a fun, playful experience, but I do have no-go zones. And Ramona knew that there was a topic that was absolutely not touchable on the show. You know, and I had said to her, I don't think I should do the show because I'm not, you know, throwing the cards in the air and see where everything's going to land. There are things I do not want discussed out of deference to other people in my life. And she promised. She was like, I would never, I would never. So I agreed to do the show. That night at the haunted house, when everyone was having dinner, when Dorinda made the turkey baster comment, Luann had actually come after me that night very aggressively. I mean, really aggressively. And to me, I was blindsided by it because I really had no interaction with Luann. And Luann went to my no-go zone. And with that, I literally like walked away. I was like, I'm done. I'm done with this. Um, we had wrapped up filming. I was like, like so shaken up that when we were outside, cameras were done, we're done filming. Sonia, Ramona, and Dorinda were going out for a drink. Lee and Tinsley were going off in another direction. And Sonia said to me, you look so upset right now, come with us and have a drink. And so Ramona, out of nowhere, now this is a woman, remind you, right? Walks into my homes, unannounced, right? says, no, Elise can't come. So I just looked at her and I said, I can't come? What do you mean I can't? Why can't I come for a drink? And she said, it's just us. So Dorinda says, you know, Ramona, your, your friend is upset. And Ramona says, what are you upset about? And I said, what am I upset about? You know that I have you know, something I will never discuss on the show. This was so clear. I said, and then it gets brought up. And I don't know, do I have to call producers the next day and say, hey, you can't show this. I haven't signed any contract or anything. And Ramona says to me, well, you don't have to talk about it, but we can. And I went, what? I said, you tell me I should have your back. I said, and there are so many things you never want discussed, and I would always respect that. But you're just saying to me, you could talk about anything you want where, where it pertains to me. You call yourself a friend. I said, and now I'm not welcome to go for a drink. You practically move in with me and my, my husband whenever you're upset. We're here to comfort you. I said, are you, are you insane? You know, and I said, I would never treat you this way, you know, and with that, I just went home by myself. Leah and Tinsley actually called me to see if I was okay, because they saw I was so shaken up. And then Ramona sends me a text, like, in the middle of the night, sorry you were upset, um, we were discussing business. And I just wrote back, bullshit. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. You know, and so afterwards, the producers wanted me to film with Sonia and say, you know, if, you know, you have to talk about what's going on with you and Ramona. Well, clearly, I was very reluctant because I still have my no-go zone. But I was willing to talk about how Ramona all of a sudden was compartmentalizing me. I was not allowed to go out for a drink. And I was angry. I, you know, but, but seriously, in spite of my anger, what was my big crime? I called her a one-way street, saying I don't understand why she's behaving this way. With all the mean things that these girls say to one another, and then, and then Ramona's like, I love you. Dorinda, you can kill me. I'll still love you. Are you kidding me? Well, we're going to get into that, too. It's almost like a mean girl's like what? Like housewives only, and you weren't a housewife. Right. So you can't go for drinks. Before we continue this conversation, I have to tell you guys about the best contact-free meal delivery service called Every Plate. I've been spending so much time at home, just like I'm sure the rest of you have, and I really got to the point where I didn't know what to do for meals. Every plate has been such a lifesaver. The thing is, everything comes in one box. The recipes are so easy. You'll never have to buy any extra ingredients. You literally just open the box. Everything is there. It's already pre-measured, and the recipes are really easy. It's almost like every plate does the planning, the shopping, and the preparing for you. So you just open the box. You make a meal, and the thing is, the meals are so delicious, and there's such a variety, so you never kind of get sick of eating the same thing. I have to tell you, though, one of the best things about Every Plate is the price. I was very skeptical because some of these meal delivery services can get really expensive, but the price of a meal is the same as a cup of coffee. Like, think about that for a minute. And I mean, it certainly is cheaper than the takeout and delivery that I was ordering every single day. So I have to tell you, with the time that I've saved, I've been recording more behind the Velvet Rope shows for you all. And the money, I actually, I have to admit, I look at my bank account and I see more money there now. I really am saving money. So listen, you guys can get three weeks of EveryPlate meals for only $2.99 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code VELVET3. That's three weeks of every plate meals for only $2.99. I mean, that is so cheap per meal by going to everyplate.com. That's everyplate.com. And you enter the code, code VELVET3. And it's a three as in the number three. I'm telling you guys, this will save you so much time. The meals are so easy to prepare. And you are going to have more money in your bank account. This really, and after you try it, DM me and let me know what you guys think. A lifesaver. I couldn't go for drinks. And, you know, look, she also started ignoring me very early on. And everyone was telling me, you got to call her out. She's treating you like, you know, like you're a, a someone used the word second class citizen, right? They're like, you, you got to call her out. And I wouldn't do it. I kept saying, no, no, you know what? This is her gig. I'm not going to call her out. Whatever she's comfortable doing. And I sat there like a little patsy in the background. But when did you notice this change in her? Like, so you had your triggering event, but when did she start? So like producers were calling you and she was calling you to come on and her wanting you to come on was to, I mean, she, she was 
was she like very specific when she wanted you to come on with these text messages saying like, you understand you have my back. That's why you're coming on. Like it was that clear. No, no, she only, no, she only said one time, you know, I feel safe with you. It wasn't a repeated, you understand you have my back. One time she said, I feel safe with you. So when did she, like, and when she did this safe with me? Right. I never betrayed her in any way. So why, why did I, that's what, I mean, why did she change? Like, there you are. You don't not have her back. It sounds like. Right. So what happened in her mind? Well, we never talked about it. I can, I, I have racked my brain trying to figure out what upset her. You know, because obviously for her to say to me, you know, well, you know, you don't have to talk about what upsets you, but, but we could talk about anything. Obviously at that point, she was no longer a friend to me. So I really have racked my brain. I went through old conversations with us trying to figure out what could have possibly upset her. I come up with one thing, maybe, um, she and I went out one night and we ran into this young guy that she, you know, knew as an acquaintance at Nobu. He was like 37 years old. Um, and we chatted with him and it was nothing. There was no follow-up conversation. I'd asked her, the only thing I asked was, why don't you set him up with Avery? Um, and she wasn't interested in doing that. So I said, okay. Then I ran into him two more times. Um, and turns out um, Reinhold's hedge fund was going on his company's platform. So it was a little small world connection. So when I ran into him a couple of times, I started talking to him. Then one, one of the times he said, hey, why don't we all go out for drinks? Why don't you grab Ramona? So I called Ramona, hey, I ran into this guy. He wants to have drinks, do you wanna go? Um, and she said she didn't want to go. And I said, okay. And I was home alone. Reinhold was traveling. Um, so I thought, you know what? This would be fun to set him up with Leah. You know, they're the same age. They have, you know, some similar interests. So I tried to set them up. I met him for a drink. I said to Leah, why don't you come, you know, meet us for a drink? I invited my daughter to meet for a drink because they're both into art and golf and stuff. Although I thought he was too old for my daughter. I thought it'd be great for Leah. I later found out that Ramona had a little fling. I don't know, maybe that was it, but I had no idea. So she had a fling with this 37 year old and maybe that's why. That's, I, I believe so. I don't have the full story and I'm grasping at straws because this is how clueless I am as to what could have upset her. So when she called a friend jump, jumper, I don't know, was she talking about him? I, I don't know. Well, yeah, it's kind of like when you're dating someone and they ghost you and, you know, it's not that you really like them anymore. You just would like some closure as to know why. It sounds like right. Ramona dumped you without really ever telling you why. And this is maybe the only situation that you could attribute it to. Right, right. And then... Okay, so let's go back for another minute. When this whole triggering event that you didn't want mentioned, you know, when you were off limits, why did Luann like bring this up? Like, was this Luann knowing this just because she knows you? Or do you think like Ramona like planted this and said, bring this up? I have up? no idea. 
I have no idea what Luann's problem was with me. I was nothing but respectful to her. Maybe she was upset because I was the only one who tried to support what I now know as a fake sobriety. But at the time, I believed she was sober. And at the time, I believed this was her first drink. And I was the only one that said, you know, basically like, are you sure you want to do this? Right? So I think I was being the, the rational one in the group. Um, but that triggered her. She felt judged. I didn't judge her. If anything, I judged Dorinda for encouraging it. Right? Because I sort of did this to Dorinda and Dorinda went off on me. So maybe I that's... Like I have no idea what Luann's problem was. Well, again, you were ghosted in a lesser sense and you're just... So let's just go back to the timeline. Cause I mean, I know, cause because I know you in real life and I was hanging out with you during all of this. So what, I don't know, what's interesting to me is so like you were brought into this scene when you were sitting with the producers and they mic'd you and then they were asking you back and Ramona was asking you back. So at this point, considering like you said, you weren't even sure you wanted to necessarily be a part of this. Like you didn't have a contract at this point, right? They I mean- sent me a contract before Newport. And if you remember, I, I said to you, I can't sign this. Like, this was so onerous. Um, you know, even the friend contract. And so then they sent a new version of it. And I still didn't want to sign it. Right? So I was filming without a contract. And this is Ramona's little stunt, you know, going, uh, you know, I don't remember if it was people that she said it, but she did some podcast and said, Oh, at least some um, was so bad and, and brought nothing that she wasn't even listed as a friend. Right? Well, I wasn't list, listed as a friend because I didn't sign the contract. I first signed the contract two days before the first episode aired. Right. And you couldn't be considered a friend if you didn't sign the contract. Right. You know? And why she felt the need to like drag me publicly and try to like embarrass me when up till that point, even though she and I weren't talking, I had her back, right? Even when I did podcasts, right? There was something five different interviews that I had done where I say Ramona's smart and Ramona's beautiful. And I defended her when she was being dragged as a racist. I was the only one who stepped up and defended her. And that was even after she did that, you know, podcast where she said, I brought nothing. I always tried to do the right thing. And then finally, um, I said to her, you know what, Ramona, that's fine. We could do this your way too. And still never betrayed any of her confidences. Right. Like it was on, it was on people that she said that, that you brought yeah. nothing. and Right. Like what was the purpose of it? And... She had already, you know, her whole thing was, you know, I'm evil, I'm not a girl's girl. She tried to make up with me when filming was done. She approached me to make up and I wanted no part of it. She came over to me at the end of February to make up and she texted me and I just, you know, I was polite. I wasn't feeling well at the time. So I told her I wasn't feeling well. And she was angry that I never, reciprocated and tried to have a sit down with her. But I felt really betrayed by her. Well, and as the show went on after February, you see even more. Right. 
What did she say? So what? She texted you out of the clear blue sky in February? No, right? we ran into each other at a funeral and she came over to me and she put her forehead against my forehead. We now know that she had COVID at the time, but she put her forehead against mine and said, you know, let's, you know, let's talk this out. I care about you. You know, let's fix this. And then the next day she texts me asking if I was available to talk. And I really didn't feel well. And I really wasn't ready to talk to her yet um, because I couldn't process what was going on. And look, I'm objective enough um, and introspective enough to say, it can't be 100% her fault. I know that I must own some part of the demise of our relationship. I just can't figure out what that is. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, if you knew what that was. I don't know. I, you know, maybe, um, maybe after that scene where, you know, she said that I wasn't welcome to join them for a drink, maybe I should have called it quits after that and not filmed again. I shouldn't have filmed with Sonia and, you know, vented how hurt I was by Ramona. But I was getting no direction, right? So when the producers were saying film with Sonia and Sonia's saying film with me, um, and I'm getting zero direction and I, and I keep saying to Ramona, what's going on? And I'm not getting any answers. I don't know. Maybe I should have just walked then. But by this time, the damage had already been, had already really been done. Did you ever think, I mean, just, this is how it sounds to me. Like you were friends with her before you were on the show and then you were pushed into this scene and then she was asking you to come back and producers were asking you to come back. And then when the whole, and she doesn't invite you out to drinks when you're filming because you're not a housewife. And, but and you have to realize, it's not just not inviting me out to drinks. I was really upset. I mean, I, I'm not an emotional girl. I was really shaken up. And you could, you could just see it all over my face. You know, when, I don't know if you're almost like that feeling you get when you almost have a car accident and you slam on the brake and you get that adrenaline rush, you know? That's what I was feeling. I was visibly upset. When you have someone that you say you love as a friend and you see that person's upset, why wouldn't you put your arms around them and say, hey, this sort of got derailed. Let's talk about it. Let me comfort you. Instead, it was like, no, you can't come. I'm a mean girl. You can't come. And you get a text from Leah and Tinsley, who you don't necessarily I know. Leah and Tinsley. They both called me to see if I was okay. And you weren't so close to them at that point. I mean, right. they're the ones you knew the least. Right, right. Well, also to that, what I was going to say also is then it sounds like when the show is over and it's filmed and it's wrapped, like back to real life, now Ramona runs into you in February at this funeral and she kind of wants to be friends with you. Even before that, she put out an olive branch because she had sent me the trailer when it got released. So the trailer, I think, got released in December or January. And she sent it to me with no text with it, just the trailer. And I just never responded. So could it be like, and I'm not justifying this, I'm just saying like, could it be compartmentalized of like, you're my friend, I just don't want you to have anything to do with the show. Like I regret bringing you anywhere near the show, which I don't know why that would be. Probably, but there's just a better way to go about that, right? But like, what is that? Like jealousy? I mean, 
I don't know. I mean, I don't know. If you think about, you know, she still talks about this ultimate betrayal, break down every single episode, break down, you know, I'm also a little pissed at Sonia, I have to say, because Sonia was saying to me how Ramona treats me so badly. Um, and I really should confront her. And, you know, I, I let a text message go that Sonia had sent saying, yeah, in that moment, I saw how badly Ramona treated you. Because I was upset that Ramona said, that um, Sonia said, yeah, at least betrayed Ramona. Because that she was singing a different tune the whole season. And Sonia was saying, you got to confront her. Dorinda was saying, you got to confront her. You know, producers, you got to confront her. And so think about how I confronted her. At Halloween, at Luann's Halloween haunted dinner, um, when Sonia says, you treat your friend like she's the bottom of the totem pole. And I said, well, I do feel that way. And Ramona shrugs. And then I ask her, basically, do you consider me a friend? What type of friend do you consider me? Had that been reversed, I would have hugged her and said, of course you're my friend, I love you. That would have been the end of it. Instead, she wouldn't even acknowledge that I was her friend, right? And she walked away from me. Right, I mean, that was, my, that was my, my big Judas moment that I said, do you consider me a friend? Really? Dorinda's like talking about her bad facelift and she said to Dorinda, I love you. And I said, do you consider me a friend? All of a sudden she like tried to get Dorinda to cancel me for the Berkshires, you know? So it was all just mean and one-sided. Well, yeah, like as a viewer, like to me, you saw Ramona, like, you know, have these issues with Dorinda, confront them at that dinner, like to you and in other scenes, it, and in the Berkshires, like, it's almost like she didn't even want you on camera. Like, she didn't even want to have the conversation. Right. And when I, and even after I had said to her, you know, do you consider me a friend? Um, which I now want to vomit when I see like how, like, you know, cautious I was in approaching her. Um, out of respect for the friendship. Then that's when she brought up, I have to like move forward and back a minute. When we were in the Berkshires, remember she's like castigating me and she's saying, um, when I have a problem, I don't go and talk to other people. I go directly to the source, which was a lie because she'd been, you could hear Avery saying how she doesn't stop bad mouthing me. But she said that I jumped on the bandwagon, that she had it out with Dorinda, and then I jumped in and said that. That was a lie. If you rewatch the episode, she hadn't had a fight with Dorinda yet. That's why in the Berkshires, I was confused. I was like, I never saw it. You know, I didn't see you. I think they may have edited out that part, actually, where Ramona and I were in the kitchen. And I was like, I never saw you fight with Dorinda. Um, they did edit that out. And I also edited out where she had apologized to me in the kitchen, which is why we went back in the living room and I sat on her lap, right? I wouldn't have just sat on her lap like that. It made me again look like an idiot, you know? But what happened was in, um, at the Halloween party, I confronted her. She completely dismissed me. She treated me like a jerk. Then she and Dorinda had that big fight, which I never witnessed. Then Dorinda made that toast at the dinner um, where she berates Ramona. I was completely confused by it, but I saw Ramona was visibly shaken. 
I go over to her to see if she's okay. Even after she treated me like crap, I went over to her and I'm like, hey, are you okay? You know, I love you. Once again, she dismisses me. You're the least of my problems. Really? You know, when you have someone coming to be your ally, you don't fight them. No, it's almost like at that point, she just was like, I don't want to lease in front of the camera. That's how I took it. And then later, right, so then she left that party early. I, right, the girls trashed her afterwards. You guys didn't get to see that either. They trashed her. I defended her. So even, even with all this, because I promised her I would have her back. And I still couldn't figure out what was going on in her head. So I was giving her the benefit of the doubt still. So she left the party. They trash her. I defend her. I'm texting her. Are you okay? Are you okay? I don't hear anything from her. Someone said she was crying. It was pouring out that night. I went all the way downtown to Omar to see if she was okay. I walk into Omar. She's back in the corner at a table. There's no one at the table. Um, and I walk over and I said, hey, I've been trying to reach you. Are you okay? And she said to me, you shouldn't be here at this table. This table's for my friends. And I said, really? I'm not your friend. I'm down here at like two in the morning, one in the morning to see if you're okay in the pouring rain. I said, I'm not your friend. What is going on with you? And she said, you should leave. She said, aren't you married? And at that moment, I was like, uh, hell yeah, I am. And I'm going back to my, my handsome husband now. And you could sit here in a bar with a bunch of like 20 something year olds, you know, while you're 63. Bye bye. And I left. Right. So again, she texts me that night, later on that night. Um, and she said, this show is going to ruin our friendship. And I said to her, you ruined our friendship. So the she's so she sent this text that said that. Right. And then she called Dorinda and said, I don't want to lease at the Berkshires. Dorinda called me and said, Ramona's trying to get me to disinvite you. I said to Dorinda, well, that's your call. You know, so, and I talked to my husband about not going to the Berkshires. I was like, look, if Ramona and I are fighting, why do I even want to do this? You know, and then, um, I think it was Sonia said, look, you guys will make up. Like, this is what the show is about. You fight, you make up. You fight, you make up. That's what it's about. Just come. So I went, but we didn't really ever make up, right? It was a fake makeup, but I didn't realize it was a fake makeup still. As intuitive as I am, um, I project onto others. So I know that I'm a loyal friend. So I was projecting onto that onto Ramona, thinking deep down she still really loved me. You know, but no matter how much you had to dig, there was no deep down love for me. So I went to the Berkshires. We drove home from the Berkshires together. She was acting like we were fine, but we really weren't. One night in the Berkshires, um, when we weren't filming, she was crying to me saying how the show's going to ruin my marriage. What that was in the Berkshires? Yeah, the night that Heather came to the party. 
how does that come off? I don't know. Ramona was, and it was one of her fake cries, you know, no tears, right? It's going to ruin your marriage. It's going to ruin your marriage. And I was like, what is going on with you? Like, what is in your head? I could never get a straight answer. But so after the Berkshires, she and I didn't have that much to do with one another, but her birthday was coming up. I contributed to the group gift. I took her out to lunch on her actual birthday, just the two of us. We were fine, so I thought, but she wouldn't talk about anything. I kept saying, what, what are you feeling? What are you thinking? She didn't want to, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk. I just want to enjoy my birthday lunch. Okay. But in the meantime, she was talking behind my back. Okay, so two things. So when she tells you in the Berkshires, at least the more you talk, the more that I cannot keep up. This so, is so cathartic because I never got to like tell my story and no one got to see what was going on. This is like therapy for me, David. Listen, Elise, Behind the Velvet Rope is here to listen and help you. We are the therapists today. You're laying down on the sofa and you should be writing notes. Listen, and there's no charge. There's no charge. The audience is thanking you. <laughs> so when Ramona says to you at the Berkshires, out of, sounds like to me, nowhere, that the show is going to ruin your marriage. Is this concern for you as a human being, or is this like a is this like a tactic to now get you off the show? Like has she this tried everything else? Tactic to get me off the show. Well, I mean, you're not dumb. Like if you have a healthy marriage, like that's really grasping at straws. There's no problem in my marriage. And then also, when you're down at Omar's with Ramona and her 20-something-year-olds, and I've been to Omar's downtown, that is the scene. There's lots right. of 20-somethings. Wonderful place. Like, and she tells you that you're not my friend. I mean, this sounds like the same, sounds like the same Ramona that the world sees on the TV is the Ramona that exists around New York City in real life. Yeah. And I actually, so when I, I picture this scene, so I'm, I'm pretty heartbroken from her. Um, I'm walking out, I run into another mutual friend of ours who grabs me and says, at least what's wrong? I mean, cause I'm, I'm visibly upset again. And I said, I don't know what's happening with Ramona. She's being horrible to me. I don't understand it. I came down here to see if she's okay. I'm going home. I couldn't get an Uber. I'm in the pouring rain trying to get a taxi. So I'm feeling very sorry for myself. And then I said, I actually feel more, more sorry for her because there she is in this club, you know, with these random, random people who don't give a damn about her. And someone who really loved her is walking out of her life right now, you know, and I felt badly. And again, like the whole time riding home in the cab, being introspective, I kept thinking, what role did I play in this? What, what have I done? I must have done something. I'm not going to sit here and say, if you hooked me up to like a lie detector test, at least are you 100% right? I would say no, because it's not possible to be 100% right in any, you know, demise of relationship. I just have no clue what I did. Thanks for listening to part one of our sit down with Elise Lane. 
the first time she has spoken since the Roni reunion. And listen, stay tuned for part two because we freaking talk about the reunion. How does Elise feel about being called a black widow? How does she feel about Sonya and Luann kind of jumping on the Ramona coaster and having something to say? Why wasn't Elise at the reunion? We talk about the last time we saw Elise on camera at the Married to the Mob party and what really went down behind the scenes. And we talk about how Elise was supposed to film Watch What Happens with Leah and how she was not allowed to, based on the infamous cameo that she did with Leah. We, guys, you don't even realize what is coming in part two. Uh, this is, you have to stay tuned. Thanks for tuning in. Part two, coming now. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.